and good morning. Welcome to another broadcast of Sunshine USA here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. I am so happy uh, to have you tuned in today. This is Warren Landis. I am your pastor, uh, or I should say your Bible teacher and host here on Sunshine USA. And uh, I, I say pastor, uh, some of you I'm like a pastor because, you know, you don't get to go to a church anymore because you're shut in. And so I might be as close to a pastor as you have right now. Uh, but anyway, this is Sunshine USA. It's a podcast dedicated to the teaching of God's Word, the Bible. And uh, we're also dedicated to the preaching of the gospel all around the world by podcasting to see a lost and dying world get saved and come to know Christ as Savior and Lord. Uh, so I'm very grateful to have you tune in. Uh, it's been a few days, actually, since I've done this particular program, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> last week, I was not feeling so well. I was basically sick and under the weather. I didn't have COVID. At least, I don't think I had COVID. Uh, but I do have asthma, and I do have COPD, even though I've never smoked. Um and when I get a bad chest cold, it affects both my asthma and my COPD. So, uh, therefore, that being the case, uh, last week I could hardly talk at all. <laughs> and so I'm glad that this week I'm able to get back in the saddle and once again record these Bible studies on Sunshine USA. And I'm very grateful to have you tuned in. And, of course, you know, this is the first month of a new year. And as I think about what's in store for Sunshine USA in this new year, um, I see us doing all kinds of different things to expand the ministry here. Um, I never want to be satisfied with just simply keeping on doing what we're doing. I want to always find ways that we can grow and expand this ministry because this will allow us to reach even more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ, that it will allow us to teach the Bible to even more people. Um, so be praying for us as we continue to grow this ministry. One of the things we want to do in the year ahead is to form a board of directors. Uh, we're still putting a lot of prayer into this. We want God's select people to be on this particular board of directors, and this, of course, will allow us to do many things that we cannot do now since we're not currently uh, legally incorporated, and so forming this board of directors will be a very necessary uh, step in us growing and expanding this ministry. Uh, I would love uh, to see us be able to buy airtime on TV and radio stations across America. Um, but I also recognize that, you know, uh, this will be a work in progress. I don't know that we'll accomplish that goal this year or not. It might be next year, maybe the year after next. But that's among the things we want to do to see this ministry grow. But we also want to maintain the personal touch that we have. 
because I look at all of you as really my extended family that I get to teach the Bible to every single broadcast. And I want you to be able to contact me anytime you have a Bible study question or a prayer request. In fact, I'm going to go ahead and give you the contact information so that once we get started with our Bible study this morning, uh, we can uh, focus entirely on that and not have to save time for the contact information at the end of the program. <clears throat> the best way to contact me, and I might also add, the fastest way to contact me is by email. And I have two email addresses. One is warrenlandis at yahoo.com. The other one is warrenlandis at gmail.com. It's all lowercase, very simple, very easy. And you can use that if you have a prayer request or if you have a Bible study question. Or if you want to just ask me a, a question about life in general. You know, maybe you need someone to talk to. Maybe you need advice about a situation you're facing. Uh, like I said at the beginning of the program, I'm the closest thing to a pastor some of you have. And in that respect, I would like to be a very good pastor to you and be available to you anytime you need me. Now, um, if you would like to send me a snail mail letter, you could do it that way. My snail mail address is Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, that's T-H-R-U-S-T-O-N, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Now that apartment number is very important because if you don't include the apartment number, I won't get your letter. So it's Warren Landis, 80 Thrusted Street, apartment 8510, Greenville, South Carolina, 29605. Okay. Now, we're going to get into the Bible study for today, which is in Mark, chapter 9. And the first verses we're going to look at is Mark, chapter 9, verses 30 through 35. And uh, let's go ahead and begin taking a look at this. It says, uh, And they departed thence and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples and said unto them, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise on the third day. Verse 32. But they understood not that saying and were afraid to ask him. That's in verse 32. Now, uh, Jesus, you need to understand, is trying to more fully reveal himself to his disciples. He's trying to get them to see and understand more fully what he has been sent to this earth to do. Ultimately, he's going to die on the cross for the sins of all mankind. And on the third day, he's going to rise again. Now, the thing about it is his disciples, even though Jesus is revealing this to them, they don't comprehend this. Because you see, this didn't match up with their 
concept of what the Messiah would be. They felt like the Messiah would be like a conquering military hero. Someone that would deliver them from Roman occupation, which Israel was under at this time. So they were looking for Jesus to politically rescue them from their situation. But Jesus said, no, uh, that's not what I have in mind right now. He says, I am going to be delivered into the hands of men. They're going to kill me. And on the third day, I'm going to rise again. Now, of course, we know this is prophetic. This, hadn't happened, this had not happened yet when he speaks to his disciples. But it will happen. And basically, it will happen in their lifetime. He will die on that cross for the sins of mankind. Now, let's uh, read a little bit further here. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked him, What is that you disputed among yourselves, by the way? But they held their peace, in other words, they kept their mouth shut. For by the way, they had disputed among themselves who should be greatest. <laughs> now think about it this way. Here Jesus is, he's pouring his heart out to them. He's telling them, look, I'm going to die, but I'm going to rise on the third day. But what are the disciples doing here? They're having this argument among themselves about who should be the greatest. Now, you know what I call that? I call that immaturity. These disciples were not mature. Now, by the way, Jesus goes on in verse 35 to answer that question for them. He says... Uh, in verse 30, 35, and he sat down, and I believe he did this compassionately. He's trying to help them to understand. He sat down and called the twelve and said unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. In other words, Jesus is saying here in verse 35, the way to be great is to make yourself last. Furthermore, he says, you've got to be a servant of all. Now, I'm afraid that in our culture here in the United States, for example, we have had this tendency to make television celebrities out of TV preachers. And I think this is so unfortunate. Because being in the ministry is not about being a celebrity. In fact, doing what we preachers do will get you killed in some countries, even today. And so Jesus says, whoever would be first, they have to put themselves last, and they have to be servant of all. Now, I'm, I'm personally convinced 
that when it comes to this question, who's going to be greatest in heaven? It's going to be someone we never heard of. It's going to be someone we never dreamed about. You know, a lot of people would say, uh, who's going to be greatest in heaven? I think it would be Billy Graham. Now, Billy Graham would be an understandable choice because, I mean, Billy Graham, you know, in his lifetime, he held these crusades all across America. And uh, he preached on virtually every continent, except maybe Africa, uh, Antarctica, rather. And he maybe even preached there, I don't know. There, there's probably not too many preachers today that can honestly say they have preached to more people than Billy Graham. Because I think Billy Graham pretty much has that locked up. He did a lot of great things for the kingdom of God. Not to mention the fact that he was one of the first to use the media on such a broad scale to reach a lost and dying world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. So who's going to be greatest in heaven? I, I can see where some people would say Billy Graham, but personally i got a hunch it's not Billy Graham. Like I say, I think it's going to be someone we never heard of before. I remember hearing about a young man that I went to college and seminary with. And to be honest with you, I can't remember what his name is, otherwise I would tell you, even though there's really no need to tell you, because if I were to remember his name and mention it on this program, most of you would probably not know him anyway. But he went to college and seminary, same as me, but he actually got more degrees than what I got, including a doctoral degree. I mean, with the credentials he got in college and seminary, he would be able to go to just about any church in America and make himself a candidate to be their pastor if they were looking for a pastor. And, you know, it's sad, but many churches today that are looking for a pastor, they will not consider someone who doesn't have a doctoral degree. Now, I personally think that's a mistake because I, I know many great pastors who do not have a doctoral degree and they will never have a doctoral degree, but nonetheless, God is using them in a great way in the ministry. But believe it or not, there are some churches in America today. If they're looking for a pastor, the search committee for pastor will insist that any candidate hold an earned doctorate degree. Now, basically, there's at least two different types of doctorates. It's really more than that, but for our purposes today, we're going to point out that there's two types of doctorates. One is an honorary doctorate. Sometimes a college or a seminary or university will bestow an honorary doctorate on someone that they feel has made a great contribution in a particular field. And they'll say, even though this person never earned a doctorate, we feel like what they have done with the education they do have is worthy of having an honorary doctorate. Now, of course, an honorary doctorate is just that. It's honorary. <laughs> I don't think you can actually make yourself a candidate for professor 
holding an honorary doctorate. But you've got to admit it looks impressive. And I am told that if you have an honorary doctorate, you can call yourself doctor or so-and-so, whatever your name is. It looks very impressive. But if anybody asks, you're going to have to be honest enough to say this is an honorary doctorate, not an earned doctorate. Now, the other kind of doctorate would be an earned doctorate. This is a doctoral degree that you have to do all kinds of hard work to get. And it's not easy to get. But I got a hunch that whoever is going to be greatest in heaven, it's not going to be someone with a doctoral degree. Like I say, I think it's going to be someone that's someone that we've never heard of before. I think about a lot of pastors in this country who serve in very small rural churches they serve a church somewhere. It's got about 20 or 30 members. The church is located way out in the boondocks. And it's a church that most people in this country have never heard of. And yet Sunday after Sunday, you've got some pastor that has spent, say, the last 40 years of his life teaching this small congregation the things of God. I think it's going to be someone maybe like that who might get the title greatest in heaven if there were such a title to be had. Now, let me give some very helpful advice to those of you preparing for the ministry. Now, I happen to know we have a lot of uh, college and seminary students listening to this podcast, but let me let you in on something. The first church that you have in the ministry, it's not going to be the First Baptist Church of Dallas. They already have a, a pastor out there. It's not going to be the First Baptist Church of Atlanta. It's not going to be some mega church somewhere. It's going to be a small church probably out in the country, just a handful of members. That's going to be your first church. And my advice to you would be you roll up your sleeves and you serve in that church as if it's going to be the only pastorate you're ever going to have. Who knows, it might be. But the whole idea here is for you to um, work hard at that church, do everything you can to uh, be a good pastor there, faithfully teach the word, and hopefully you get to watch this small group of people grow. And chances are God will use that opportunity to prepare you for something bigger down the road. So I just thought I would throw that little bit of advice out to you to help you along the way. Now, let's uh, get out our Bibles here. And look a little bit further. Um, um, let's look at verses 36, 37, and 42. Now I'm going to comment on the next several verses a little bit out of order. 
because I don't think these verses are necessarily in chronological order. But looking at 36, 37, and 42, we're going to read the following. And he took a child and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever receives one of such children in my name receiveth me, and whoever shall receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. And then we look at verse 42. And he says, And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believe in me, it would be better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and he were cast into the sea. Now here, Jesus holds up a child. Now this lets us know that apparently at this point there's a whole lot of people listening to Jesus. There's a lot of common everyday people in addition to the disciples listening to Jesus. I mean, after all, where did this child come from? Obviously, you had a lot of parents there that brought their kids. And Jesus holds up one of these kids. And I think it's fair to say Jesus had a great love for children. In fact, in one place he says, you know, if you're going to come to me, you have to come as a little child. You know, children can be very trusting, especially when they're at their youngest point in life. They're very trusting. And, of course, they are very dependent on people like their parents to take care of them. And that's why Jesus said, if you're going to come after me, you need to come as a little child. But he also says, whoever would offend one of these children it would be better that a stone be tied around their neck and, they cast, and they're cast into the sea where they would surely drown. You know, <laughs> not only is Jesus speaking out here against child abuse, but he's also talking about the importance of reaching our youngest generation with the gospel of Jesus Christ and correctly teaching them. And then, like I said, we're going to jump out of sequence here a little bit. We're going to look at verses 38 through 40. And the reason this happens is because when Jesus was trying to talk about the children, one of the disciples speaks up and brings up a seemingly unrelated topic. It says, And John answered him, saying, Master, we saw someone casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followed not us. But Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. 
For he that is not against us is for us or for our part or on our part. Now, I think this addresses the fact that the word of God has power. The word of God tells us the word of God will not return void. The word of God will not return void. It's powerful. Uh, I have seen people led to the Lord through television ministries, for example, which may not be entirely biblical. But they heard enough of the word of God to get saved. Like I say, the word of God assures us that the word of God will not return unto the Lord void. It has power. And I believe everywhere the word of God goes, people are drawn to it. That's why uh, the gospel track ministry uh, today is so powerful. Gospel tracts, as you know, for the most part, are loaded down with scripture. And people are attracted to that scripture. They're eager to see what it has to say. And many people are saved after reading a gospel track, even though nobody is there in person to explain it to them. I heard about a Jewish evangelist one time. He got saved in federal prison. Apparently the Gideons had placed a Bible in his jail cell and he was reading that Bible over a period of time in a jail cell and he became convinced that indeed and in fact Jesus was the promised Messiah. And because Jesus was the promised Messiah, he made that decision to receive Christ as Savior. Now he knew he would pay a price for that. He belonged to an Orthodox Jewish family. And when he told his family that he had gotten saved, that he had accepted Christ as the Messiah, they decided to disown him. In fact, they held a mock funeral for him. As far as they were concerned, he didn't exist anymore. And they would never see him again. So he knew he would pay a great, a, a great price for that decision. But nonetheless, he made that decision to follow Christ as a Savior. And, and you know, he told me one time, shortly after I surrendered to the ministry, he says, now Warren, I want you to know there's not a lot of uh, <laughs> uh, money to be made in the ministry. He said, if you're going in the ministry thinking you're going to make lots of money, you're sadly mistaken. He said, if there was a lot of money to be made in the ministry, he said, there would be more of my people in it. Amen. But he went on to become a great evangelist. And during his lifetime, he was able to reach many people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. In fact, uh, I think one of his most famous sermons was actually a testimony called From Prison to the Pulpit. A great transformation. Amen. And then we come 
to verse 41. Then we come to verse 41. It says, And whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Now this gets really to the very heart of social ministry. Now I have to tell you, I've come a long way. I have to tell you, I didn't think very much of social ministry when I first got saved. I said, man, I want to get people saved. I want to help people miss hell and make heaven. I said, this social ministry stuff where we're giving out food and clothing to the poor, the only thing we're doing there, I thought, back in those days, is we're making people more comfortable on their way to hell. That was my viewpoint. I was wrong, but that was my viewpoint. But I have since learned the value of social ministry. Because you see, when we care enough to meet the physical needs of a man, they are much more inclined to listen to us when we talk to them about the greatest need that they have, which is, of course, the need to receive Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. Amen. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I tell you that, I don't know about you people, that gets me excited. <laughs> that gets me all kinds of excited. Because I have this great desire to carry the gospel of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. That's why I do this podcast every single day. Because I enjoy telling people about the life-saving, life-changing power of Jesus Christ. And really, someone who's spiritual and mature will have a desire to do that. If you don't have a desire to share Christ with others, I, I, I can tell you, you're not mature spiritually. You're not where God wants you to be. And certainly as we find ourselves in this first month of a new year, 2023, we ought to be thinking about all kinds of new ways in which we could tell other people about the gospel of Jesus Christ. One of the things I hope to start doing in the very near future is publishing some gospel tracts. I alluded a while ago to the effectiveness of passing out tracts. Because like I say, when you present the word of God to other people, it has power. And God could speak to other people through scripture that you read in a gospel tract. And as a result, people are saved. One of my goals, simple though it might be, is to pass out more gospel tracts in 2023 than ever before. Now, in one sense of the word, that'll be an easy goal for me to 
reach because in all honesty, I didn't pass out very many tracks in 2022. Because I put just about all of my time into doing this podcast called Sunshine USA and will be doing even more podcasts in 2023. But I don't want the podcast ministry to be the only ministry of Sunshine USA. I want to reach out to people in other ways as well. And that's why I need you to pray for this ministry, to get involved in this ministry. In fact, I'll go ahead and tell you that if you uh, contact me, I will be very happy to send you some gospel tracts that you can pass out in the community where you live. And these gospel tracts will be made available to you by faith. I don't charge anything for them. I only ask that you use these tracks sparingly and prayerfully. That you will carefully target people that you believe to be good candidates for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Of course, now when you're passing out these tracks, I urge you to certainly comply with whatever laws exist in your neck of the woods. Don't pass out tracts where you're not allowed to do so. Uh, it kind of reminds me of my college days when, frankly, I passed out a lot more tracts then than I do now. But I went to the police, the police chief in the town that I went to college in, and I asked the police chief, I said, can I legally pass out these tracts in town? And he told me I could, but he said, you do need to understand we do have an anti-solicitation ordinance. And he said, basically, what that means is you can't go door to door. Because that's considered door to door soliciting, and we don't allow that in this town. But you could go downtown and pass out tracts. Just make sure you stay on the sidewalk and you don't go onto anybody's private property. And I can remember that. It was fairly common in my college days for me and some of my Christian friends in college to pass out literally hundreds of tracts in the course of a school year. And it's, I mean, there's no telling how many people came to Christ as a result of that. In fact, we had a very interesting situation. We had this drunk. And he was headed into a bar. Now, bearing in mind, we were already told that we couldn't go on to private property to give out these tracts. But the drunk, he was going on private property anyway, so we gave him some tracts to give out to the patrons in the bar. And uh, I don't know how many people got saved out of that. But uh, <laughs> sometimes I think about the boldness that I had when I was younger. And I say, Lord, I want some of that boldness again. Um, it's been my goal for a long time not to let a single day go by that I don't tell somebody somewhere about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I hope one of these days when I get to heaven, I'll be rejoicing at the number of people that have come to know Christ as Savior. I remember when I was in high school, I would actually preach the gospel 
in five out of six classes every day. And uh, some of my teachers said, but now you remember the Supreme Court said we can't read the Bible or pray. And I said, well, I'm not going to pray publicly and I'm not even going to be reading the Bible. I'm just going to be commenting on what the Bible says. <laughs> and I'm going to do it from memory. And I did. I did this, like I say, uh, five out of six classes every day. And I'm all the time running into people that were saved as a result of that ministry. Some are in the ministry themselves now. And I thank God for that. Well, I've enjoyed being with you today. It's great to be back in the saddle, so to speak. And uh, I hope that you'll tell your friends about this podcast. And don't worry and don't fret none, because I'll be back again next time on Sunshine USA.